You're listening to Golf Talk Washington with Josh Kearns on Sports Radio 950 KJR Seattle. And Golf Talk Washington rolling on Josh Kearns with you. And now that we're all starting to play again, you know, one group that has really been hit hard when it comes to golf is the kids, the young players, because they rely so much on group lessons and the activities and the things, and especially those that are engaged with the first tee of Seattle, because the first tee does so much for so many young people. And I figured it was a great time to dial up Evan Johnson, the director of programs and development, somebody I admire and, and follow all the time and just see how things are going and see what we can do to help, uh, you know, get the kids connected. So Evan, how are you? First of all, how have you survived Corona Palooza 2020? You know, I'm hanging in there, Josh. Thanks. Uh, I'm about to play my first round of golf tonight since March 25th, the last day that golf was open in Washington state before the closure. Uh, I mean, we get so we, we have to endure the winter and then we finally got to start playing and then all of a sudden got shut down for the kids, especially this has got to have been extra hard because well, they're stuck inside. Now they're doing online classes and all that. And golf is such a great outlet. I, I would assume that it's been really tough for the young people that you work with. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we would have just finished our spring session of classes this past Sunday and we would have had a thousand kids a week in uh, you know, around King and Snohomish County for the past eight weeks. Uh, this coming weekend would be our spring championship where we'd see about 300 kids playing on the par threes. Uh, and unfortunately, we haven't seen any of those kids in person. We've been able to stay in touch with a number of them virtually, but nothing like our usual impact that we're able to have at the Greengrass facilities. So what have you been doing? I, I, I know you've been, been getting cl- uh, equipment collected for them and stuff, but how have you at least tried to keep providing a connection um, with the First Tee and all of your kids? Well, at the First Tee, our goal is to see kids over the long term. Uh, and so we have kids who are graduating high school this year as seniors and have been playing in the First Tee since they were five years old. It's pretty amazing. But that's about... Uh, you know, the longest tenure that a participant can have. And there, and there are quite a few kids who have been playing with us for years and years. Uh, they, you know, are playing in classes as a participant, but they're also volunteering. They're on our junior advisory board and leadership roles. And they're really important to us. We're a big part of their life. So we've been able to stay connected with what we call our junior leadership uh, kids, our junior leadership program. And they've been working on leadership projects the last six weeks, making videos, doing online trainings and e-learning. Um, and staying in touch with us. Uh, but, you know, compared to how many kids we would normally be able to stay in touch with, it's just scratching the surface. There are a lot of kids out there who haven't been able to visit a golf course in months, maybe would have been introduced to the game of golf. We would have seen about three to 400 kids this season playing golf for the very first time. And that didn't happen yet, I will say. It, uh, we like to think it's just a matter of time and, and their introduction to golf is just a little delayed. So what kind of things are you looking at? Let's assume that we have to maintain social distancing. Uh, we know at least the ranges are open. It's great that, that Jackson and Jefferson and Inner Bay have opened up again, for example. And I know you're all over the region. Uh, are there some programs you're looking at, modifications, where you're going to at least be able to start getting some kids together in smaller groups, keeping distances? What are you looking at there? Yeah, I mean, short answer is absolutely. Now that the golf courses are open, there's something we can do and we're going to make the most of whatever it is. Unfortunately, right now we're kind of in a one-to-one scenario when usually the first tee class is going to have around 12 to 18 kids with a strong ratio of coaches. Uh, You know, we go to about four to one kids to coaches. But right now that just means additional individuals in the group. And so depending on what the, the phase we're in, that's going to be 
the biggest determining factor. So the state of Washington needs to get to phase three for us to see something like we're used to seeing in normal programming. Of course, with all the procedures, safety procedures and social distancing, um, which also means that group is spread out. So short answer, we're hoping we move along through phase two into phase three, you know, by July, we've delayed the start of our summer. We're really looking to the first or second week of July after the fourth. Um, hopefully we're in phase three. Even still, we'll be working with smaller groups. We wanna be able to maintain some of those procedures, like I mentioned, social distancing spreading out. You know, we partner with all the, a lot of the local golf courses and actually don't use the regulation course for a lot of our programming hours. It's mostly practice greens, driving ranges, and access to those is pretty limited right now. So um, we're hoping moving into the summer that we get to make up for some lost time and, and introduce a lot of kids to the game of golf. Be nice if you could, you know, even the the par three courses, for example, at Jefferson and Jackson, and figuring out some of the th- uh, other opportunities. You know, it's interesting. I was up at Suncadia this past weekend, and they have the Rope Rider Golf Park, which is like four par threes, sort of in a circle. And I just I got to thinking, it was like, what a you know, there's got to be a place, even if we got to go to Magnuson Park, where you have you know several dozen acres of soccer fields and things, and stick flags out there and. What can I was thinking of you, and what can we do to get kids going? Even if we can't get them on the course, we'll have to put our heads together and come up with different, unique things. You know, I love the way you think, and definitely where there's a will, there's a way. And there are a lot of kids at home right now who want to come participate. And you know, we we do modify some space like that when needed. Um, we program at a lot of golf courses, say without a driving range, uh, maybe with only one practice green, and it's usually busy with public. But if they have some open grass space similar that we would do in an elementary school or a community center. We can make use of a, you know, um, big grassy space and turn it into a mini golf course. Yeah. I remember when I used to volunteer for the first tee with Gordy Grabeel all those years ago. And, you know, it was always great. The innovation of your coaches, of your volunteer coaches, at, like you said, where there is a will, there's a way. And I wanted to, to bring that up for people who want to support the first tee. Uh, how can people get involved? Because I know you are so reliant on volunteers as well as donations, obviously. But what are some of the ways right now? Is Are there ways that we can help you guys, even if it's just spreading the word? Yeah, thanks for asking. We say there are kind of three ways to get involved in the first T, and that's to participate, donate, or volunteer. And so the kids are the ones participating for the most part. And then we have uh, lots of volunteer opportunities, especially as we come into a season with some programming. Um, looking ahead to summer, uh, we are going to be recruiting volunteers to be out there on the course with kids in small groups. It's a lot of fun. We provide training and all the resources that you need. And this uh, summer, that's going to include all the PPE that, that you might need or prefer to wear. And and uh, we're going to get used to that. But uh, it's an outdoor safe space and we look forward to it. And then, of course, we are a nonprofit uh, benefiting from volunteership, but then also donations. We just wrapped up um, a, an awesome campaign last week with Give Big. And it's one thing we are really excited about. We're kind of capitalizing um, on an opportunity to reach kids at home in a unique way. So we're going to be creating golf at home kits. Mm. Uh, we set out to raise $5,000 last week and we, that we figured that would go a long ways and we'd maybe able to make about 500 of those kits. By the end of the week, we raised $18,000 right on and we are really excited. So we're already going to work putting clubs together and kits and we're going to be able to share those with a bunch of kids uh, in the coming months send them home with this kit and then maybe provide them with some virtual learning and access to us. And at least from a distance, we can help introduce them to golf if they aren't able to come to the golf course, um, you know, this summer. We're talking to Evan Johnson, the director of programs and development at the first tee of greater Seattle. I want to take a step back and I always assume people know who the first tee is, what you do. And then I realize, well, no, they probably don't. So 
you know, tell us just a little bit about who the first T is, what you actually do. And for me, one of the most critical things, the nine core values, which really, I mean, yes, you teach through golf, but the life lessons, I love the kids that come through your programs because you're, you're just giving them a platform for living that I wish everybody had access to. Yeah. And thanks for asking. A lot of people know of the first T, especially in the golf community, see the commercials. Uh, you know, you might hear about those nine core values, but not really sure what it is, how it works, what it looks like on the ground. Um, our goal is to reach kids through the game of golf, help them learn and, and understand life skills. As you mentioned, things are going to help them on the course, but also off the course and, uh, you know, well into adulthood. And that's why kind of long-term exposure to some of these lessons is really important. Um, golf lends itself to some really good life skills. But kind of like low-hanging fruit, you still need to be able to, to pick those. And that's what coaches are there for. Uh, our volunteers and coaches kind of help kids through the learning process, whether it's in a putting game or a chipping game or a, a threesome scramble out on the par three. Um, each day of their class is going to have a predetermined life skill and golf skill that we're kind of working around. Um, and it starts with those nine core values, things like responsibility, respect, courtesy, honesty, sportsmanship. I mean, all great things. A lot of times our coaches and volunteers say, man, we need a class for, for adults out here. My friends can use some. <laughs> <laughs> all of that. I think you just, you look at the, the people that come through your program and how that, what, what they do in life when they go beyond whether they keep playing golf or not even. And you just mentioned such a, a critical thing. I mean, so much of what the, the way we live within the ethos of golf it wouldn't be nice to see that in our politics, in our communities and everything. So I'm just so grateful for what you guys do. It's it's sort of like the dirty little secret because, you know, most people, oh, first to you, teaching kids how to hit a ball down. No, it's like the, that's like the smallest part of what they get out of it. I have been with the first T since 2009 uh, here in Seattle. And I can honestly say every single young person comes out with improved golf skills and, in, you know, increased passion for the game and interest in the game. But more important than that is definitely their personal development. And that's really what we're here for is, is developing that character and uh, confidence, you know, just belief in oneself, getting in touch with uh, their own goals for, for their life looking forward. And, and yeah, it definitely gives us hope for the future when, when that's the next generation that we see coming through. Well, I think you are an incredible embodiment of what golf can do to forge delightful human beings i've had the pleasure to know you and watch you you know you're you're a few years younger than me and a lot more hair than me um but but i just think you're a perfect embodiment of what the kinds of people that golf turns out so i just throw that as a, as an as an aside evan um i want to mention one other thing i just got an email from you guys and immediately i this got me really excited it's the chambers bay solstice Sunday, July 26th, play all day at the Northwest Premier Championship course and for a great cause. Tell me about this. Oh, my God, playing from dawn to dusk at Chambers. Other than my feet hurt just thinking about that, but tell me about this thing because it just sounds so fun. I mean, I'm looking at your background, and I look forward to July 26th because I'm going to get at least three chances to ace, ace that whole God, for me, um, it's just hit the green on whatever that is, 15, 16, the par three to the loan for, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, we are really excited about that, actually. Um, First, you know, as a nonprofit, we raise money uh, through, you know, private donations and grants, uh, wherever we can find them. It all goes to a great place. One of the most fun ways that we do it, though, is through events. And we have a few tournaments a year. And this is a new one. You might have heard of the Bandon Solstice, which is 
held right on or around the solstice every year. Uh, it's still on schedule as far as I know for, I think, June 22nd this year. Uh, play what used to be all four courses at Bannon. Um, that, that was the inspiration. But a lot of people are on the waiting list for that and never get in. It's too far to travel. Uh, but it's definitely a bucket list item to play a Lynx golf uh, you know, environment like that all day long from dawn to dusk. So we're going to be doing that at Chambers. It raises money for the first tee. The original date was June 14th. Uh, we just got approval from Chambers to push that back to July 26th, as you mentioned. And uh, we've got room for a full field. We have about six six weeks or so of registration being open starting now and really invite everybody to participate. You can come as an individual. You can sign up as a twosome, as a foursome. Uh, and we're going to be playing as many holes as we can from dawn to dusk. So it has been done. There's one foursome that has played 72 holes at Chambers in uh. its history. Do you get an award if you actually finish or uh, <laughs> other than somebody to carry you back up to your car? <laughs> you know, we're calling it a bucket list event for a reason. Uh, it's going to be something we can all be pretty proud of. As you mentioned, even just 18 holes at Chambers is a test physically. Uh, you know, usually by the 14th, you've thrown away your scorecard and, uh, you know, you're, you're dragging your, your tail a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're going to be sending out some tips on how to prepare uh, not unlike maybe preparing for a 5k or a 10k. Um, but it ends up being, uh, you know, 25 miles or so. I think of walking is, is what we kind of figured, um, depending on how many holes you play, but it's, it's going to be a test. And, uh, you know, uh, depending on the caddy situation, um, our goal is to provide, you know, have caddies available for everybody. Um, I know that the local caddy masters are working on some new guidelines there to make sure we stay safe. And, you know, the only thing you're handing off is the club. There will be some prizes for the day for most holes played, most money raised. Uh, of course, scoring, you know, we'll have, you know, some all day skins games since we get at least three loops around the track. Uh, it should be a blast. Chambers Bay is really excited for it. And we're partnering with the first tee of South Puget Sound, which covers um, Thurston and Pierce and Kitsap County. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have people coming from all over to play in this thing. We just got two some signed up from Florida. Wow. Well, I'd be getting the heck out of Florida right about now, too, until it, the, the temperature gets below 90 and the humidity. Well, this sounds super fun. So how do people sign up for the Chambers Bay Solstice? Uh, ChambersBaySolstice.com will take you to the page. You can find out uh, some more details. You can register there. Uh, early bird registration is open through May 31st at a discounted rate. So recommend signing up early. Uh, and then, I, as I said, we'll be sending out some information. You have an opportunity to you know, uh, gain some pledges as you play and, and raise additional money for the first tee chapter of your choice. You can choose your local chapter. Um, we are the first tee of greater Seattle serving King in Snohomish County. As I mentioned, uh, South Puget Sound serves the South area. And uh, yeah, you can sign up as an individual. Some people are doing that and you can sign up as a twosome, whatever makes sense. But uh, yeah, chambersbasedsolstice.com. You know, you can email us anytime. If, you know, that's on the website, but you can email uh, Evan at thefirsttseattle.org. Uh, that's my email address, Evan at the first Seattle.org. And uh, we look forward to, you know, getting everybody signed up for it. Should be right on. And I'll put all that in, in the show notes too. So if you're listening, you just uh, look at the show notes. I'll have links to that as well as back to the first Seattle.org. How many kids do you guys actually serve Evan over the course of a year? Do you think we see around 2000 individual kids at Greengrass facilities and then another hundred thousand through public schools, public and private schools, actually. Um, and uh, that's a really unique program. We are training PE teachers how to teach golf and life skills curriculum, you know, in, in their uh, physical education classes, um, in gymnasiums and on ball fields. The, one of the unique things about the first tee, our goal is to, 
you know, the first two was founded to help reach kids in a way uh, and provide them opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have. Um, and whether that is the barrier would be financial, they can't maybe afford golf lessons or golf equipment, that kind of thing, or just not a lot of knowledge. The game can be kind of intimidating for families. So the goal of the first tee is to break all that down. In other words, our doors are open to anybody. You can play in the first tee at no cost if that's what your family decides. And, and you know, if that works for you, you're able to choose as a family what membership fee you, you pay and we don't ask any questions. So um, yeah, any kids out there, grandkids who are, um, could benefit from learning this great game and spending some time outdoors. Um, definitely look us up and, and we'd be more than welcome, more than happy to uh, to talk with you and, and get you involved. And you're always taking donations of used clubs, things. I've got, a, in fact, a huge pile in my garage for you guys of all, you know, it, when I say all, of course, it's like two years ago because I have to buy all the new crap all the time. But, but I love that you guys will take that. You'll cut down irons for the kids, make sets for, uh, for kids and everything like that. So that don't just send it to Goodwill or let it gather dust in the garage. Donate it to the first tee. I'm actually really glad you brought that up. Uh, short answer is yes. We we love donations. We love people like you who are going out to buy new clubs every season. Um, <laughs> so they, does Putts. They love yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a win, win, win. Uh, the, uh, the thing is right now, please just email us and we're keeping track of everybody's contact information and we're going to have preset donation days and hopefully provide enough for everybody just so that we can be safe about it. We can, we can kind of quarantine and disinfect those items as they come in. Uh, generally we say, yeah, just go ahead and drop them off. Maybe Jefferson park or crossroads Park three in Bellevue. But right now we're just asking people to contact us. The one thing we are going to be looking for big time in the next month are putters. Um, you know, as you, you, you're a golfer, right? You might not donate putters, but you would donate maybe, old woods and irons and things, but everybody holds on to their putters, right? So we don't get that many donations, but for our golf at home kits, that's the, that's the primary club we hope to send home with kids is a putter. We will take it from adult size, cut it down, put a junior grip on it and it's ready to go. Does not need to be a top of the line putter by any means. And in fact, it really doesn't need to be um, an old Dunlop or Wilson that you've got, you know, that you haven't touched in 20 years, dig it up. Um, we are looking for putters. So, uh, that's definitely a priority for us right now. Oh, I've got a spider that's just waiting to come to you. The, uh, you're going to have to disinfect it, but it has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with my stink, <laughs> my own personal impact. <laughs> uh, well, that's fabulous. Evan Johnson is the Director of Programs and Development at the First Tee of Greater Seattle. Evan, thank you guys for all that you do and the joy that you bring every day uh, to the game and your impact on the community. And if we can do anything, if I can do anything to continue to spread the word and spread the love, you know, uh, I'm here for you. Well, thanks, Josh. We, the only way we're able to do it is with the community of support here. So just thanks everybody who's listening for who supports us in many ways. And you, of course. So thanks again. Thanks.